When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Powered by Clear Vision Development Group, this is Better Than Before with Tony Richards, a business leader's podcast. Each week, we'll provide you with top business insights, fresh perspectives from world-class guests, and the tools you need to lead better than before. And now, here's your host, author and business coach, Tony Richards. Greetings and salutations, everybody. This is Tony Richards here on the Better Than Before program on the C-Suite Radio Network, coming to you from the shores of Lake Barkley, Kentucky. I'm recording this on the weekend, and I will be heading back toward Columbia, Missouri on Sunday morning. So today I'm just spiffing around the condo, working down my checkout checklist trying to get everything done here on the condo so Oreo and I can make the journey tomorrow morning back toward Columbia. Got an exciting show for you today. We're going to go through the national days of celebration for the next seven days. And today we're also going to get back to the leadership dashboard and help you make your own dashboard in your notebook or journal. And so we will get to that on today's program coming up here in just a little bit. Let's look at these national holidays. Yesterday was uh, 9-11 day for September 11th, and I hope you took the time to pray for our nation and honor those that are fallen heroes on that day from 22 years ago. Can you believe that? Well, today is Tuesday, September 12th, and it's National Hug and High Five Day. I don't know about encouraging to hug somebody today. You better use your discretion on that, but you could high five anybody. That shouldn't be offensive. National Just One Human Family Day. It's National Report Medicare Fraud Day today. National Day of Encouragement. Oh, man, that doesn't cost you anything but a few minutes and a little bit of energy, but you will be rewarded and blessed for encouraging someone who needs it. And today is the National Day of Encouragement Day. I love that. National Ants on a Log Day. Have you ever eaten ants on a log? Well, it's a food. Look it up. It's National Video Game Day. It's also National Chocolate Milkshake Day today. Tomorrow, Wednesday, September 13th, it's Positive Thinking Day. National Celiac Disease Awareness Day. It's Uncle Sam Day. It's Day of the Programmer. It's National Peanut Day. National Kids Take Over the Kitchen Day. And National Bald is Beautiful Day for all those follically challenged men out there. Wednesday the 13th is your day. 
Thursday, September 14th is National Parents Day Off. It's National School Picture Day. It's National Sober Day. It's National Virginia Day for those of the Virginia Ham State. It's National Live Creative Day, National Eat a Hoagie Day. Now, look, there's a drive-in restaurant in Paducah, Kentucky, just about 20 miles from here where I have a condo on land between the lakes. And there's the drive-in restaurants called Harnid's Barbecue. It's been there. I'm not sure what year they opened it, but it's been there my entire life. And I love their hoagie sandwiches at Harnid's Drive-In in Paducah, Kentucky, world-famous barbecue. And I have had a barbecue sandwich there this past week, but I've had about three hoagies from Harnid's. So I've done my part for Thursday's National Eat-A-Hoagie Day. National Cream-Filled Donut Day. So after you've had your hoagie for dessert, have a cream-filled donut on Thursday, September 14th. On Friday the 15th, it's National Neonatal Nurses Day. Say that, National Neonatal Nurse. Say that six times fast. National Tackle Kids Cancer Day. It's National Online Learning Day. It's National Cheese Toast Day, National Double Cheeseburger Day. I love it, man. I love it. I would eat it. If I could, I'd eat a cheeseburger every single day of my life, but I can't, so I don't. National Linguini Day, National Cream Dementh Day. It's National Tradesman Day. It's National POW Missing in Action Recognition Day. It's Greenpeace Day and National Felt Hat Day on friday saturday september 16th we got national guacamole day i am not a fan of guacamole there are tons of people who love it and i'm so glad you can have my portion it's national cleanup day it's national gymnastics day national working parents day it's national step family day it's national play-doh day national cinnamon raisin bread day It's Responsible Dog Ownership Day, National Puppy Mill Awareness Day. It's Boys and Girls Club Day for Kids. It's Mayflower Day and National Dance Day. Coming up Sunday, September 17th. It's hard to believe that September is already half over, man. I mean, third quarter is going to be done, and we're going to get into the holiday months here coming up. Sunday the 17th, it's National Professional House Cleaners Day. I got to make sure and do something for my, they'll be coming the next, let's see, will they? I'll figure out when they'll be coming back to work on my condo that I live in back in Columbia. And I I need to do something for the house cleaners because they came right before I left. So it's going to be all perfectly clean when I get home. And I'll need to call them or something and let them know that, I haven't been there to dirty things up, but I'll have to remember National Professional House Cleaners Day on Sunday the 17th. National Monte Cristo Sandwich Day. Wife Appreciation Day on September 17th. So husbands, don't you forget that. National Apple Dumpling Day and Constitution Day and Citizenship Day on the 17th. On Monday the 18th, we got World Bamboo Day. We got Air Force Birthday. National HIV AIDS and Aging Awareness Day and National Cheeseburger Day. So Friday, we had National Double Cheeseburger Day. And then on Monday, the 18th, it's just one patty day, I suppose. National Cheeseburger Day. 
Well, those are the national holidays coming up from the September 12th through September 18th. So there's got to be something in there that you can celebrate. Okay, so we're going to be talking about the leadership dashboard. And if you want to go back and listen to previous episodes we've done concerning the leadership dashboard, you can do that on episode 616. We introduced my concept of the leadership dashboard to you and all the benefits of doing one in your notebook that you keep for your career or for your profession or whatever, or your journal that you keep for that. You can build your own dashboard. And we talked about the benefits of that. On episode 623, we went through the core value process and talked about core values for yourself and core values for your role at your job or work or in your company. And we also went through an exercise of how you can make sure that you're continuously living those core values and how you can challenge yourself to do better on them. There's a whole process outlined on episode 623. 624 episode, we talked about identifying and utilizing your particular personal edge and also the edge of your company. So we talked about using the leadership dashboard to do a SWOT analysis, both on your company and on your own self. So you could have a leadership SWOT analysis for you and talks about a lot of those four dimensions, your strengths, your weaknesses, your opportunities, and your threats. It's uh, quite a process. And if you want to know more, go back and find episode number 624, It's all on there. So like today, we're on episode 637, and it's been some time now since we've talked about the dashboard, but I'm going to continue to do some episodes on it throughout the rest of this year, 2023. Today, we're going to talk about performance goals and key initiatives. So when we're talking about goals, we're talking about goals that you have over the next rest of 2023 thinking about then 12 to 18 months out. So now's the time that you need to start thinking about what your goals are going to be for 2024 and maybe even the first few months of 2025. And so the key question, you know, everything that I talk about has some key questions that are attached to it. And through those key questions, they're learning tools to cause your brain to kick in and focus and begin to calculate and ruminate on the subject. So the key question for this goal section is what goals do I have to achieve in the next 12 to 18 months in order for me to know that I'm on the right path toward my vision and the company vision? My vision being my personal vision for my career and my personal self, and the company's vision of where, remember, vision is always a where question. Where are you going in the next 12 to 18 months, right? And so you put on the dashboard your goals for the next 12 to 18 months. And remember, goals are like little mini plans that connect to the big plan. They're like when you're driving on the highway, And you have the little mile markers on the side of the road, you know, that tell you what mile you've been and you know how many it is to the next exit. 
that's what goals are like. They're like those mile markers on the side of the highway that are telling you if you're going in the right direction toward your next big objective or next big exit on the highway. For those goals, you want to list those. And so let me go through also the areas that goals keep you out of. Goals can be used to make sure you're on the path to becoming a master in whatever you've dedicated yourself to do. If you've dedicated yourself to be a CEO, if you've dedicated yourself to be in the C-suite, if you've dedicated yourself to be a line manager or a department head or an entrepreneur or a business owner, or the pastor of a church, no matter what you've dedicated yourself to, whatever your occupation, your profession, your career, your particular skill set is going to be applied to, we all need to aspire to mastery, mastering it. If you're going to do something, Abraham Lincoln said, if you're going to do something, you might as well be the best one. And when we all aspire to mastery, the path is always long. It's always rocky. It promises no quick payoff. So sometimes what happens is we look for other paths. Now, along that rocky part of the path to mastery is what I call resistance. It is forces and situations and circumstances that come against you that provide a resistance to your going the path you want to go to reach the destination you want to arrive at. So we look for other paths, and those other paths are called the paths of less or least resistance, which look very attractive. Because the resistance subsides and becomes lower and less turbulent, but unfortunately, it leads you to a different, less than destination than mastery. Here are three different things that you can become that are not masters, but are other, let's just say, labels that can be applied if you decide to, and we all take those paths of least resistance at various times. Sometimes we're tired. Sometimes we're frustrated. Sometimes we're angry. Sometimes we just throw up our hands and decide that temporarily, at least, this battle's not worth it. I'm going to stray off and go this way because it just seems easier. Well, you do that enough times you begin to take on the attributes of one of these other things that you can become besides a master. And what are those other things? Well, you can become a dabbler. You can become an obsessive and you can become a hacker. Let's talk about the dabbler first. The dabbler gets really into something for a little while and loves the quick adrenaline rush and the quick results, but the minute they get bored with it or the excitement fades a little bit, they're off to the next thing. 
and they'll justify it in their head saying, well, that just wasn't the right road for me. That wasn't just the right fit. I'm going to try this over here. And then boom, no mastery. Another route. If you continue to take it enough times, instead of staying on the road to mastery is the obsessive. This obsessive person is very bottom line driven. They want to get the golf stroke right on the first lesson. They want to get the tennis stroke right on the first lesson. They want to get everything right the first time. And when they don't get the results that they thought they should get, they push harder and harder and harder to make it work when they haven't put in the practice, they haven't put in the repetitions. They forget that plateaus are part of the path to mastery. And so when they plateau for a little bit, weight loss program, diet program, they push and push and push until finally they just give up and they fall off the plateau to a sharp, sharp decline. No mastery. Then there's the hacker. The hacker, most often used in the golf game, but the hacker is... Someone who kind of sort of gets the hang of it a little bit, and they're just good enough to continue to be able to do that, and they're just content to stay that good. They don't want to get any better because that's going to require doing some different things, doing some new things, having to try, having to expend some energy, and they never get any better at their skills beyond that first basic level they get to. And they just hack their way through it and hack their way through it and hack their way through it. And they get by just barely, but they're just good enough. They're not really good and they're certainly not great. And they're a long way away from being masters. So you can find these three types of folks in work, sports, relationships. But the question really is, where do you show up? And can you think of some examples of how you may have shown up as a dabbler or maybe you've shown up as an obsessive or maybe you've become a hacker in your career, or in your hobbies, in your relationships? Sometimes in getting this college degree that I've been working on to get this master's degree in theology, I've been working on it now for more years than it really should have taken. Because it doesn't get the top priority slot in my life. My coaching practice always gets the number one slot because that's, well, let me back up. My prayer time and my Bible reading and my relationship to God always gets the number one slot. And I usually do that every morning from 530 to 7. Once 7 o'clock comes, I start my day to my coaching practice and my coaching practice typically gets all of my day then Monday through Friday. And I have become a master coach, a master advisor, a master consultant at what I do. I've mastered my craft in that because I've kept it up at a high priority and I've not been a dabbler, I've not been an obsessive, and I've not been a hacker. I always wanted to be the best. When I started in 2004, I decided I was going to be the best at it that I could be. Maybe not the best worldwide, but based on my abilities and skills and what I had to devote to it, I was going to be the best 
I could be based on what I had strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats wise. Then some of the other things I wanted to accomplish in my life, writing a book, then writing two books, then doing this podcast and doing my blog and doing writing and doing some speaking and some of those other things, I've ranged somewhere between dabbler and obsessive and hacker in all of those things. And that that master's degree in theology is extremely important to me. My college advisor who was a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful college advisor. I've always had really good guidance, all the way, going all the way back to elementary school. I've had people who have been interested in me and interested in my development and what I wanted to do in life. High school, I had uh, Miss Harmon, was just a tremendous guidance counselor who always encouraged me, always told me great things, always helped me and had conversations with me about what I wanted to do in life. And my college advisor here in this degree that I've been doing through a remote program, she was fantastic. Now, she passed away a couple years ago, but she just kept on about, you need to go for your doctorate. You need to get your doctorate. You have what it takes to achieve the doctorate level. And I've just not dedicated myself until recently. When second quarter came to an end and going into third quarter, I have rededicated myself toward that master's degree. And I've stayed on the path. And I've stayed on the path to mastery with it. I haven't put my classes off. I haven't put off my studying. I've worked it into my schedule. And so what am I talking about? I'm talking about keeping your goals relevant. Now, You'll notice in this diatribe I'm going on or this discussion I'm going on that you can have too many things and that can cause you to stray off and get off the mastery path. If you have too many things, most human beings of which I count myself in that group, there's nothing particularly special about me outside of the fact that I've been able pretty much If there is something I put in the top three, one, two, and three things that I really want to accomplish and do, I've been able to maintain my focus on that. So there's nothing particularly special about me except the fact that I've learned, one, I've learned about myself that it's easy for me to stray off the mastery path and get distracted into one of these other three paths of least resistance. So I've really tried to over the years, and it's something you have to practice and focus and whatever to bring yourself back and keep yourself on this path to mastery and goals do that for you, right? So when you identify these road sign mile markers that are goals, you go from one to the other and you study those and you keep those in your journal or notebook where you can see them. And they're in front of you every single morning when you open up your little book that you're using to guide yourself every single day. We'll talk about key initiatives here in just a minute, which are larger projects that these goals are going to be attached to, right? So let's take my master's degree is the overall key initiative that I'm trying to accomplish, Well, then I've got classes that I have to take and subjects that I have to take inside that overall initiative that 
lead me to the final end of getting the master's degree, right? And right now I'm in the life and times of Jesus Christ, studying his life. And I'm just finishing up the first class. And then there's a class two that takes in the last year and a half of his ministry. And so those are goals to do those classes and pass those exams that lead me closer and closer to the overall key initiative of getting the master's degree. Now, let's talk about C-suite executives just for a minute. If you're a CEO or you're a C-suite executive, there are six different areas inside the organization that you might need to be thinking about as far as key initiatives. One of those is your personal time and energy. So thinking about how to, and this would apply to anybody, right? So this isn't just limited to CEOs or C-suite executives, but you got to think about your personal time and energy. How much of your personal time can you dedicate and how much of your energy total what if you say okay if i'm at 100% energy level how much of my energy can i devote to these goals and these initiatives because if let's say your overall work takes up just doing your job or running your business every single day if that takes up 60% of your energy you got to save 20% for your relationships for sure, because at the end of the day, you don't want to be totally drained of energy. So you can't put anything into your personal relationship to your marriage or to your significant other or whatever, because I promise you, that's how relationships end. If you do not save some energy to devote to that relationship, it's going to die. So you've got to think about that. And we're going to be talking about relationships in the dashboard coming up here on a future program. So you'll want to make sure and, and catch that one too. You got to think about your customers. What do your customers need from you and from the company? And you need to think, do you need to set a goal or a key initiative around those external stakeholders, your customers? If you have a board of directors, your board engagement with you as the CEO or C-level executive is extremely important to stay engaged with that board and help the directors of that board help the business. So you got to have some energy for that, and you've got to have some goals or initiatives perhaps around that. Now, these things are rotating and revolving all the time. So there may only be four times a year that you have specific things with your board or six times a year. Sometimes people have a meeting every other month. Sometimes they have them once a quarter. So it could be six times a year, could be once a quarter. I doubt that you having a board meeting every month, but maybe you are, especially if it's an advisory board, not necessarily a directional or stockholder board. You got to think about then corporate strategy, vision, strategy, resource, and capital allocation. Those things all have to be thought about in the realm of the heading of corporate strategy. Organizational alignment, talent, culture, and organizational design all have to be thought about inside the overall heading of organizational alignment. 
your executive team or whatever your team is. We talk about the first team. That is the team that are the ones that take care of stuff for you, your direct reports. And the process is around those team members and what they're doing for you. So building trust, managing healthy conflict, managing alignment, managing commitment, team that all equals teamwork, decision-making, and your management processes to make sure that you have coherence throughout the entire organization so that the people that work all the way from the bottom to the top and the top to the bottom is an ever-flowing fountain of alignment. And your team that works directly for you are shining examples of what's going on across the organization. So those are just a few things to be thinking about when you're setting your goals and your initiatives. Now let's talk about these key initiatives. Every key initiative needs to have three things. The initiatives are the overall projects that last anywhere from 90 days to two years. And then the projects or goals inside those initiatives, right? So we talked about setting your goals. Well, those goals need to be in alignment, directing and taking you to completion of these key initiatives. The first thing that key initiative needs to have, it needs to have a start date and it needs to have a completion end date. I've seen initiatives in organizations have a TFN on it, which is till further notice that it's been going on for years. I worked in an organization trying to help them and they were implementing a new software program. And this was 2014 and that initiative had been started in 1992 and it was still going and it totally got messed up and had to be torn out and a different system put in by the time it was over, just in the time I was there. So you need to identify a start date that you can commit to and an end date that you're committed to so that your team and everybody involved has a hard completion end date to manage to. You know, if we didn't have death, we'd have no sense of urgency in our life. But we all know that our life is going to come to an end one day, and we do not want that to come when we still have stuff we want to do, right? So it's a great motivator. It's a great sense of urgency creator knowing there's an end of the line one of these days. And you have to put an end of the line in these key initiatives. Second thing you got to have is you got to have a measure of success. You've got to have some metric way of measuring the progress. You can do that through, as I mentioned earlier, goals, but you need to have other KPIs, otherwise known as key performance indicators, to measure. And the, you can have more than one. You can have several, depending on who it affects and whatever. But you need to have some measure letting you know the progress of where this thing is going and how far you got still to go. And this is the third one 
which I don't see very often unless I'm involved, which I always try to make sure that this gets put in to the planning around the key initiative. And that is you need a story that everyone is telling about how this project supports your vision and how it supports your strategy. In other words, you need to be able to tell the story about how this fits within where your company is going overall, where your company, remember vision is connected to where. So you need a why that you can explain to people, this is why we're doing this. This is why this fits within our overall plan of success to grow and keep this organization healthy. This is why we're doing it. Far too many times people are left to make up their own stories about why you're making these decisions. And when people are left to make up their own story, 99 times out of 100, that story is going to be negative. And it's not going to be the real reason why you're doing it. It's going to be the reason that they've come up with because they don't have all the facts. They don't have all the information. They don't have all the data. They're left to make it all up themselves. And when they start guessing, you got to remember at their level, they're not privy to everything you're privy to. You know it all at your in your particular role as a manager or a leader, you're getting the full story. They only get the full story when you tell it to them. So if you don't give them the full story of why and where and how, they just make it up. And surely you've worked in an organization before at some point in your career. You, you weren't born on top. I hope you weren't because you missed out on a great learning opportunity working your way up. You did the same thing before. Think back to those days when you were the lowest cat on the totem pole. None of the information came down to you, so you were just left to figure it out on your own, and you guessed at it, right? And your guesses weren't right most of the time. So three things, you got to have a start date, you got to have an end date, you got to have a way of measuring your success, and you've got to have a story about how this project supports your vision and strategy. And when you put all that for each one of your key initiatives that you're going to have for the rest of this year, for 2024, for 2025, for 2026, as far as you can see in your vision, Every morning when you open up that notebook, when you open up that journal, you're going to see in your handwriting what you need to do that day and where you need to encourage, where you need to push, where you need to pull, where you need to make sure resources are available. You need to do a status check. You need to have a meeting of report ins where everybody tells you how things are going, what issues they're having whether or not they need you to help them brainstorm or they need your input on something, but you need to always, always be reminding them of why we're doing this and where we're going. So goals and key initiatives, very important components in the leadership dashboard. And next time we talk about the dashboard on a future episode, we'll talk about your power base 
And that is identifying really important relationships that you're constantly either developing or you're maintaining or you're identifying so that you can build your power base as a leader. And we will talk about that on a future episode of the Better Than Before show when we're talking about the leadership dashboard. Well, that's what I have for you today. You can follow me on Twitter at Tony Richards 4. You can connect with me on Facebook. My coaching business is Tony Richards Speaker, Author, Coach. That's the page on Facebook. Doesn't cost anything to join that. Just click the join button. My website is clearvisiondevelopment.com. And if you go there, we have a library of all the previous Better Than Before podcast episodes, all our audio shows. We have six years worth. We have 20 years worth of my writings there on all of my post writings that I've written over the last 20 years are there. We have some video there in Clear Vision Television uh, on clearvisiondevelopment.com. And on the homepage, if you'd like to get my free newsletter every single Monday, show up in your email box. It's just a short newsletter of three big ideas I send out. I send out a short article and I send out an inspiring quote. It's called the Monday Morning Memo. And if you put your email address in that little box at the bottom of the homepage at clearvisiondevelopment.com, you'll be signed up and the Monday Morning Memo will come to you every single Monday morning you start your week. I want to do a special thanks, as always, to our producer, Tessa Hall. She does an amazing job on this podcast and she always makes us sound so good. Hey, until we visit again next week, this program drops every Tuesday morning here on the C-Suite Radio Network. I'm Tony Richards, the host of Better Than Before, and I want to remind you that everything gets better in every area of your life when you get better. Thank you for listening to Better Than Before with Tony Richards, a business leaders podcast powered by Clear Vision Development Group. For more resources from Tony, visit clearvisiondevelopment.com. Join us next time for another episode of Better Than Before with Tony Richards. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.